Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question. What's the fucking point? So let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that we meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around psychology, human behavior, consciousness, spirituality, philosophy, and more, all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It's episode number 36, and we are heading into the month of May, which means we have a new theme. And the theme for May is story. And I am so excited. I already have a couple of interviews lined up and a couple more in the works um, with folks who are incredible storytellers in their own right, personally, professionally. And I am fascinated by the concept of story and the many, many things that that can mean to us and the impact that story has on each of our lives, the narrative that we write about our own life, our life story, as well as the way that we interact with stories that can impact us in really meaningful ways. So in this first introductory episode to the month of story, I just kind of wanted to explore the concept with you guys in a really organic way and talk a little bit about what story has meant to me, share a little bit of my own story, which I've done sort of in bits and pieces, but not ever really um, intentionally all at once on the podcast. So buckle up and let's talk about stories. So let's start by talking about the stories we tell ourselves all the time, because y'all, we talk to ourselves constantly, and us therapists have a really creative term for that that we call (laughs) self-talk, and a lot of our self-talk might be pretty neutral, and some of it is maybe even positive, optimistic, uh, affirming. And no surprise, a hell of a lot of it is negative. And there are a lot of reasons for that. So negativity bias is sort of the evolutionary explanation for uh, why we tend to, as Rick Hansen says, have our negative thoughts stick like Velcro while our positive thoughts slide off like Teflon. And it was a lot more important back in the days when we actually had like threats to our life all the time and some of us still do but imagine walking around like a primitive terrain thousands and thousands of years ago it was a lot more important to be aware of a tiger coming up behind you looking for food than it was to pause and notice a beautiful sunset so that's sort of an explanation of the negativity bias So we are sort of inherently leaning a little bit in that direction. And of course, people have different temperaments and nature, nurture. There are reasons on both sides that can impact how much you tend to lean toward the positive or the negative in terms of your self-talk and your overall perspective. But negative self-talk is really, really damaging. And one of the things that 
can be really empowering for people is even just starting to become more aware of their self-talk. And some people are aware that they really beat themselves up. And other people, it's like you're that swish, swish, fish swimming in the water that you can't even see. So if you're not aware of it, you have no agency to do anything about it. So starting to become aware of the tone of your self-talk can be a really empowering first step to take. And from there, I am very much a fan of Kristen Neff's self-compassion work. I talked about that on the episode with Lisa Oliveira. I don't, it's 29 was that episode. And we talked about how with self-compassion, the relationship with yourself is a lot more important than how you are judging or evaluating yourself. So it's almost like a paradigm shift. Like the the content of the thoughts are not even as important. Um, so like if I look in the mirror, if I'm like mm, not really loving what I'm seeing today, can I not be an asshole to myself anyway? Um, even when I might have some negative self-evaluation, how am I going to relate to myself? So a little bit of a tangent. One of the things that I, that made me think of this earlier, I was scrolling through Instagram and came across um, Jen Padilla Berger. She's wonderful. She's a therapist. I can't remember where she is based, but she is at Nice Girl Uprising on Instagram, and she has a podcast called Chai Talk. And her post today said, watch how you talk about yourself because you're listening and amen that is so true and so watching it becoming aware of it because it absolutely has an impact on how you show up in your life on your mood and then it can become of course cyclical self-fulfilling prophecy because if you're really down on yourself well again the self-compassion research shows us that doesn't actually motivate you to do any different that doesn't motivate you to work harder toward your goals it might in the short term kind of cracking the whip can be motivating but over the long term shame is really not a good motivator and that's exactly what negative self-talk is so another way of looking at story and our relationship with ourselves and our self-talk is becoming aware of the stories we tell ourselves about things that are happening around us, especially things related to our interpersonal connections, um, conversations that we're having, what we think someone else is thinking about us. And one of the top five most valuable tools that I have ever learned in especially supporting you with interpersonal stuff is naming the story. So we are really good at making assumptions about what other people are thinking of us. We're not good in the sense that we are often very inaccurate and then when we communicate based on our assumptions, a lot of time conflict happens. And not that conflict is bad, but when it's based in assumptions and misunderstandings, usually just both parties end up getting escalated and hurt and nothing productive comes of it. So instead, if we can learn to say in the moment, oh my gosh, the story I'm telling myself right now is that you think I'm stupid for this idea that I just shared and I just have to say that. So that's totally different than just like blowing up on the person and be like, well, why do you think I'm stupid? And you guys, I am not perfect at this. Sometimes I jump right to the assumption myself and it is a lifelong process and journey toward defusing from those thoughts and not jumping to assumptions 
But when I can remember to use this skill and when my clients have shared with me how they've used used this skill, it is so valuable. So name the story you're telling yourself and even say it out loud if you're with someone that you've built a little bit of that trust in emotionally. Another concept that frequently comes up in my work with clients is the idea of writing the end of the story before it's even happened. So again, this is sort of like our fortune telling mind. We're just like, well, I just know that like this is not going to go well and da, da 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 And if you're just basing the future only on the past, then you're living in the past. You're not living in what's actually happening now. And I just had a, a really powerful session with a client who was scared about the idea of leaving her secure job and returning to school and just like, oh, the last time I did school, like all of this, it didn't go well and I was so distracted. And so she was writing the end of the story that that's how it was going to go this time. And so then that makes it a risky proposition. And when we kind of teased that apart and she realized that things are actually a lot different in her life now. She was able to see that she absolutely can't write the end of the story based on the past. So that's a really limiting thing that we do to ourselves. And again, we usually don't even realize that we're doing it. So that might be a powerful question to just pose to yourself in any situation that you're really struggling in, or certainly like if you're future tripping, as we say, like you're just like really anxious about something and what's going to happen and, oh, I just know this is not going to go well. Ask yourself, am I trying to write the end of the story right now? And is that really the ending that you want? Because if you stay stuck in that thought, then chances are that's what you will create. And I'm not even saying that from like a woo-woo manifestation place, but simply from the idea that if that's where you think it's headed, that's what you're going to be preparing yourself for. You're not going to be doing or thinking the things that would set you up for a different outcome. You're not going to be as open to things that come your way that could support you in a different outcome. So self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. So other zooming out a little bit in the idea of our life stories, other ways of looking at stories. So that day-to-day self-talk and the sort of core beliefs that that develop and sort of fuel that self-talk often stem from the stories that we tell ourselves about our lives and who we are. So where do those core beliefs come from? Well, some of it can be rooted in the negativity bias. And so one, you know, challenging thing happens. One person makes a comment about us and we overgeneralize that to mean like, well, I must be stupid. I must not be very smart because this one person said that. So that's a combination of of life situation or event, life event, and um, kind of cognitive distortion. So that happens a lot. And... Whether those messages are coming to us explicitly, like in that example, or more implicitly, they can still be really powerful in shaping our narratives if we are not, especially if we're not mindful of them. So for instance, even if you had parents who were really affirming or you had a mom who had a pretty decent relationship with her body and food, you might still struggle with that because of course those messages are coming at us from all angles. So it's really hard not to internalize and overgeneralize those things. So that's another thing that we'll, I'll hear a lot and I've done 
is we beat ourselves up when we're like, well, I don't know why I'm like this because I had this kind of situation. It's like there are so many factors that contribute to why we feel the way we feel, why we do the things that we do, but there's usually some kind of reason for it, right? It's usually not just random. It's just about understanding it better and connecting the dots. So when I think about the story that we tell ourselves about our lives, I think about one of my favorite spiritual mentors, Karen Kenny. And in episode six of this podcast, she talked about one of her big messages, which is moving from your story to your glory. And she's just got the most insane life story. And she is such a perfect example of how you can come through to the other side of that and create something that maybe never would have happened if that some of those horrible things had not occurred. And that doesn't have to mean that that's if we could have had it any way that we would want it to have gone this way or that we wanted this growth to occur in this way. But the thing happened and we have the opportunity to either then live the rest of our lives as a victim of that circumstance or to transcend that story. And I know that word may not be the perfect word, but to move through it. It's not to get over things, but to move through things. Um, So I just wanted to share that piece of our life narrative. And there's so much more that we could get into with that. But there's a few more things I want to talk about. And I want to keep this episode pretty short for you. So how do fictional stories and maybe even other people's stories, like in memoirs and um, memoir-based Uh, movies what are those biopics I don't know and documentaries too so fictional stories and other people's stories how do they impact us and are we aware of how those stories impact us I would say until we sort of develop a lens of critical awareness then often we are being shaped by stories all the time and not really recognizing that at all so I think of like the classic sort of Disney phenomenon. And thank God Disney is finally uh, starting to change some of those narratives. But the narratives that a lot of us grew up with were very much like the Cinderella stories, right? Where the the females were uh, existing to find love. And that was the core narrative. And of course, the patriarchy that is often still the core narrative. And it's just this very conflictual thing because at the same time, it's like, oh, women can do anything. It's like, well, okay, we won't even get into that right now. But um, but yeah, how those stories impact our, our feelings about relationships in ways that we may not even fully grasp. Because I don't think, you know, it's like we're not sitting here going, well, where's my prince? It's not a literal thing like that but the impact is still insidious especially when we think of how young we're often consuming those stories so you know be mindful of the stories that you consume even if they're just for fun and I get excited thinking about how kids growing up now with movies like Black Panther and Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel how they're going to see the world a little bit differently than those of us who grew up without stories like that that we were consuming. Um, When I think of how stories, like fictional stories, have impacted me specifically, one of the sweet memories that I have is 
when I was young um, and with my dad, we would have our shows that we watched together. And that was like a big part of our bonding. And so on Sunday evenings, he'd say, you ready to go to church, daughter? And we'd turn on our seventh heaven, our touched by an angel. And we would just so enjoy those stories together. And we also watched Buffy when it was airing for the first time 20 plus years ago. And I am now re-watching Buffy. And so it brings me back to those connections. And there's just so much about the Buffy verse and Buffy and Angel that is really precious to me. And I know that might sound silly if you are not familiar with the show or haven't watched it a lot or recently. But I've talked, I've mentioned, I think, at least once or twice on this podcast before about my favorite podcast that I'm obsessed with is Buffering the Vampire Slayer and now the spinoff Angel podcast, Angel on Top, which is also phenomenal. And how those conversations about these stories and looking at them through a lot of the lens of social justice, but also still maintaining a lot of humor and fun in the process, it is just oh my gosh, my favorite discovery of the past few years. And what a gift and how cool it is that just this simple fictional world uh, is bringing so much joy into people's lives 20 plus years later. So the last thing that I wanted to share that I alluded to in the beginning of this episode is just a little bit more about my story. So I was like, oh my gosh, I know I want to share a little bit more of this, but where do I even start? How much do I tell? What do I tell? And some of this I actually did put up on my Shine Bright website, which sidebar, that name will be changing, I believe, pretty soon. Um, And I'll say a little bit about that toward the end of this episode. But really specifically, I'm going to talk kind of about how I got here into this type of work and into making this podcast that's in your ears right now. So when I was really young, I had a lot of confidence in who I was and I was a fucking goofball, you guys. Um, I had glitter all up over me, not just on my eyes, all over myself. (laughs) I just was, I was just ravenous with consuming uh, music and content online like at the when it's still like dial up internet on AOL and I'm like building Spice Girls websites and Drew Barrymore fan sites and all of this stuff like I was just like fully fully alive and also around um, middle school and junior high which you guys all know are fucking awful in a lot of ways just really tough and peer group stuff started to be more challenging and so while that was also around the time that I was getting interested in personal development stuff, you know, whatever the market was at that time for like 13-year-olds, which is not what it is now. There's all kinds of things. But a lot of that, unfortunately, was rooted in the belief that if I fixed myself, especially fixed my body, that somehow I would be more likable and accepted and I would finally belong and be as good as the other girls or my friends or whoever I was comparing myself to. And and I still do this some and it looks different now and and 
you know, the 30s feel better than the 20s in terms of that, like more just accepting of myself. And the body stuff has not really been an issue for quite a while since I really slayed that um, back, you know, a decade ago or more when I got into recovery. And that was, you know, what, what ultimately brought me to grad school is having had my own journey to recovery and going like, wait, I, women can have a relationship with food that's like this and with their bodies and more women need to have this. And if I can be a part of that in any way, then I want to be. And as I've kind of, I did work with eating disorders and I still do, but as I've continued to just evolve on my own path, my clinical interests have evolved and changed and what I'm interested in in personal development. Um, I've gotten more interested in the spiritual and metaphysical side of things while also staying grounded some in, in the science and neurobiology. And over the past couple of years, I've also really developed a deeper connection with the earth. And that's led me into studying eco-psychology. So it's just been a really fun journey and as I can't remember who said it first, but my friend Liz and I were just talking about this yesterday, that your gifts are often uh, where your wounds are. And so coming into this phase of my life and really rooting into who I am, and as Karen Kenny would say, to stop trying to Cirque du Soleil myself into a version of myself that's somehow going to be more likable, acceptable, going to get more follows or whatever the fuck. I just am over it. And I went to this conference over the past weekend, um, the Ignite Your Soul Summit with Amber Lillestrom and Karen Kenny was there and spoke and I got to meet her face to face and it was amazing. So many incredible women spoke at that event and all of us in there, all like 450 women and like six dudes were on fire and just like, yes, I am a queen. Like we were all fucking Beyonce, you guys, for two days. And so um, I'm trying to really hold on to that. And I was telling my friend Liz yesterday that I feel like the place that I'm at in my story right now, that in the past it used to feel appropriate and helpful to almost like the fake it till you make it thing. Like I wasn't really there yet and I just had to do the thing and take the steps anyway. And I feel like I'm ready to move past that. That served me for a while, but it's not going to serve me anymore because what I'm doing is stepping fully into the fact that I am confident, capable, going to do really incredible things. And so you guys, 2019... This year is pretty amazing, and I have so many ideas that are percolating that will be coming through in new programs, and um, I just can't wait to share all of it with you as it comes to into shape, and that is something that we'll see. We'll see how over the next few weeks I'm going to be making some decisions about branding and all of this stuff. And part of my my website when I created it, the Shine Bright website, is I realized kind of after the fact that like some of that is me trying to Cirque du Soleil myself. And it's not, none of it is not untruthful, but it's almost like a little too polished, a little not me. And so I'm going to be changing that. I might We'll probably be changing the name 
based on the sort of epiphany revelation that I had about where my body of work is heading. So stay tuned for that. And I will be kind of dripping some more uh, updates about that into my intros and things. And can't wait to share the interviews this month around the topic of story. Any ideas, thoughts, questions that you have about story or stories that you want to hear me talk about or interview people about over the next month, I am all ears because they're not all completed. So there is room for exploring what you're interested in. All right. Thank you so much for listening and hope you have a kick-ass rest of your day wherever, whenever you are listening to this. I so hope you enjoyed this episode and I kind of think you're a badass for listening all the way to the end. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can find show notes for this episode at shinebrightwith.me slash podcast. Any links mentioned, resources, more info about the guests, etc., you can find right over there. Also, I'd love to know what you're enjoying about the podcast, any feedback you have, and what you want more of. Follow me on Instagram at Val K. Martin. That's B-A-L-K-A-Y Martin. Take a screenshot of you listening, tag me in it, send me a DM, whatever. I would love to connect with you. Also, if you want mega karma bonus points, leave a review and rating on iTunes. It helps more people find the show and it makes me so happy. The link is bit.ly slash WTFP review, all lowercase, bit.ly slash WTFP review. I'll see you next time. And until then, keep asking the big questions.